it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Yes, 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 take the shackles off my feet. That was by Mary. Mary, the Gospel Sister Duo from the 90s. Good evening. Welcome to Learners Lounge Thursday with Blessings by Grace Radio. Tonight is Thursday, the 24th of March, 2022. We're in the Apple Valley studio tonight. The doctor is in, and he will be teaching and preaching with you 
in moments notice. It's now time for Affirmation Thursday, and I'm your host, Tasha, and tonight we're going to be talking about sacrificial and sacrificing. Now, as we go into the season of contemplating over the death of Jesus, many Christians begin, they begin to mediate on the meaning of sacrifice. They search for Bible verses about sacrificial offerings, read the resurrection story, and try to understand what it means to offer sacrifices to God. Now, this is a lofty goal. Sacrifice is a big part of the salvation story, and the Bible has a lot to say about sacrifices and how we should offer it. Leviticus, some of you have read it, some of you may not have, and it might not be your favorite book in the Bible, but God has devoted an entire book explaining to his people what was expected. In the fact that children of Israel were camped out in the wilderness for about a year as they learned about the sacrifices they were expected to make and other things they needed to do if they were to be pleasant and pleasing to God. Since the beginning of time, God has required a sacrifice from his people. He asked Adam and Eve for the sacrifice of obedience. Later when they sinned, he required a physical offering, even as he still asked them to be obedient. So that was two different types of sacrifices once they were disobedient to his commands and his words. But biblical sacrifice did not end in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, it is rife with a sacrifice, not only what is expected of God's people, but also the sacrifice God has made on humanity's behalf. Now, let me just give you a few of the Bible verses about sacrifice. I'm just going to go over two. The first one is, well, there will be a total of three, but the first one is, but God shows his love for us in that we were still sinners. Christ died for us. So Christ was the greatest sacrifice ever known to men. You can't get better than Christ. That's Romans 5 and 8 in the English Standard Version Bible. You will never have a greater sacrifice than Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins. So we have a second opportunity, a second right to the tree of life. We wouldn't be here right now. I could tell you a thing or three about that. Without Jesus dying on the cross, for our sins, as hard-headed as we have been, as they still are, even in the past, all the sins that the people before us, our ancestors, committed before us, if he didn't, if he didn't come down here and sacrifice his own self, if God didn't send a piece of himself down here and sacrifice his own self, where would we be at right now? Think about it. Okay. The second one, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friend. You are my friend. If you do what I command you, that's John 15, chapter, verses 12 through 14 in the English Standard Version Bible. So basically, this one breaks down in saying that you have to love another one as I loved you. So basically, how can you love God but you can't? Love your fellow brother. How can you for how can you ask God to forgive you for what you've done, but you, but you can't forgive a person that has betrayed you, a person that has done something to you, ill mannered. But then you want God to forgive you every day that we make a mistake. That's something ill mannered towards God. But we ask for forgiveness, but then we can't forgive the person that has wronged us in some sort of way. That's where we have to have a thought. That's where we have to think. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Jesus did the ultimate sacrifice when he 
when he laid down his life for all of us, he had the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate. And then the last scripture, and that was John, again, chapter 15, verses 12 through 14 in the English Standard Version Bible. And then finally, the last scripture, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. That's Mark chapter 10, verses 45, English Standard Version. So what that means as well, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Jesus sent his only begotten son, as you know, in John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He sent a piece of him, his only begotten son here, not to ask us for something. He didn't say, God, what can you do for me? He said, Lord, what can I do for you? So he came down here to serve. He came down here for a purpose and a purpose only. His purpose was to be here for 33 years teach the people along the way, gain 12 apostles, teach them how to do each and everything God called on them to do and how to serve. He was a servant for God. And then when his time was over and he carried his own cross to his final destination, even in the last moments of his life, like I talked about yesterday, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Let me tell you something real quick. He has the most ultimate sacrifice. No one will ever have a greater sacrifice than God sacrificing himself, sending his only begotten son down here to save a dying world like us. Without that ultimate sacrifice, we wouldn't be here right now. No, we would not. We would be suffering more than what we suffer right now. But because of that, ultimate sacrifice, we have a second opportunity to get it right. And every day that God wakes you up is your second opportunity to make it right and do what he's called on you to do. And you may say, well, what is my purpose? What am I supposed to do? I don't know what you're talking about, Tasha. Well, what you do is go into that prayer room in your mind. It could be in your car, your closet, your room. You get out your Bible, and then you pray about it. Pray to the Holy Master. Ask him to show you what he wants you to do in his kingdom. Ask him to lead you. Ask him for a sign that you will understand that it's him. Well, thank you for Inspiration Thursday. I'm not the preacher. I'm not the teacher. I'm just here to inspire you with what I find biblical that I'm researching and learning from myself. And as I inspire you, I'm learning along the way, too. So thank you for always listening to Inspiration Wednesday and Inspiration Thursday. Ladies and gentlemen, The doctor is in now, and he is going to preach and or teach with you right now. God bless everybody. Love you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you once again. Amen. Well, those inspiration and inspiring words, amen, come in from Sister Tasha tonight. And as I also say, amen, I pray, God, that it encourages your heart tonight to let you know that you don't have to be an old person to serve the Lord or dedicate yourself to the Lord. Uh, under my tutoring, I try to do my best, amen, is to instruct her in the ways of the Lord. God say, I call the young because they are strong. Get into the word of God tonight. Thank God, amen, for all of you that has tuned in to Blessing by Grace tonight. Once more, one more time. Amen and 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 amen. We are 
so encouraged by your prayers and, amen, your uh, um, comments, amen, that you send to us and make us just want to run on to see what the end's going to be. Thank you. God bless you. Keep praying for Dr. Moore, amen, and his staff here in Apple Valley. We're going to get into the word of God tonight. And we're going to come, amen, from the book of Thessalonians, chapter 4, 13 through 18. And it reads, it says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others, while having no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleepeth in Jesus will God bring with him. For this I say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we be even with the Lord. Comfort, wrapple, comfort one another with these words. Titus 2 and 4 say, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men. Thank God for the reading of his word. We are going to talk to you, amen, from a very familiar scripture tonight, Thessalonians. Amen. It's talking about the soon coming of Jesus Christ. I look at this hour of the world is in a an uproar. The world is terrified. Because we're looking at future events that is coming to pass upon this earth. And we see that it's not pleasant at all. From man's perspective, facing. But remember, amen, all down through history, Jesus said, I am coming again, and you are going to hear a wall and room of the walls, but don't let your heart be troubled. We're talking about the birth pains of, that is coming up on this world. We are beginning to experience some of the birth pains now that is coming up on this world. But I want to give it just a little bit. We want to talk about the word, the rapture is the hope of the saints. The rapture. Out of all this chaos that is going on and we are trying to prepare ourselves, I think many of us have forgot the rapture. And that is to say, what is preventing Jesus 
from coming at any hour. The rapture is the hope of the saints. As you praying for the nation, and you should pray for the nation. Remember there is a snatching away that Jesus is going to come and snatch his church out of here. A hope that gives the strong incentive to live for God. I, I pray tonight you got a strong incentive. When you see these things and you see the signs that are I hope, amen, you got a strong incentive to live for God. And knowing that God is not a play toy, you can't do anything. You got to be real with Jesus. For God, we look forward. We look towards the future glory with Jesus Christ. Yes, believers, we are looking for the future glory of Jesus Christ. And that could come any time. There will be Thessalonians, amen, word about amen. Their loved one died without any hope. Well, amen, Jesus then reassured us that we have hope. We got hope in Jesus. Titus, amen, 2 and 13 says, looking for that blessed hope. That's what we've been, what we're waiting on. And when I say we, I'm talking about believers, true believers. Everybody, I'm sorry to say that, say they are a believer is not true believers. Just because you can call on the name of Jesus, it don't mean you saved. We live in a church dispensation of time. And I believe, amen, and this time that God has required for the church in this dispensation of time fell on the day of Pentecost, and we all is supposed to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God give us utterance. It's just not enough to say, Lord, I, I, I confess my sin before you, and I'm saying there is death and salvation. But we're looking for that blessed hope. And the God, and that great God and our salvation, Jesus Christ. We're talking about we want to see Jesus. Well, let me say to you, as I'm saying to myself, make sure you you know you are ready is to look upon him. Make sure, amen, you are sure that you want to see him. Because I'm afraid, amen, many is going to be disappointed. Paul said, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Amen. They didn't know anybody at that time. They thought, amen, that it brought sorrow upon them because they had went to sleep. Some went to spiritual sleep, and some, amen, just died with no life in them, no hope in them, no expectation, amen, is amen to rise. But Paul was talking to the Christians. But if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleepeth in Jesus, 
Now, amen. If we believe, if we believe that Jesus died, and God knows I believe that he died, I believe, amen, that he rose again. Whether, amen, was 6,000 years ago or 2,000 years ago, and I know, amen, the time around 2,000 years, I know that he died, and I know he risen again. Even so, them which sleep is in Jesus will God bring with him. God is alive. God don't die. And if you died in Jesus, you are alive. If you die in Jesus, you are alive. I'm talking about this blessed hope. Wherefore be ye also ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man is coming. Matthew 24 and 44. You don't know. I don't know. Nobody else don't know. We are not that ingenious. Amen. To know, amen, when Jesus is coming, but Jesus is coming. You can play with your time. You can waste your time. You can, amen, saying, I'm getting ready. I want to be ready. But let me tell you. You don't know the hour. You don't know the minute when the Son of Man is going to come. I tell you, amen, you better be ready. This scripture, amen, seems to imply, amen, when our Lord does come, that there will be some who has not lost their ability to reason, I think, some of the amen going to be right here. A reasonable person who reads these scriptures and their daily newspaper is aware, amen, it is the end time. Now, if you, amen, reading your scriptures and you see, amen, the production that the media is, amen, putting out every day of Russia, and the Ukrainian people and the world at large is, amen, on just the end. You know the end time is coming. Quit playing with yourself. You know there is something in this air that has never been before. There's an old saying, amen. Some of our people say, are you rapture ready? Are you are you rapture ready? Are you, are you looking, amen, to go all with chaos, amen, and tribulation to come. But are you rapture ready? Are you ready for Jesus momentarily? Is your life that you live right now, that you know if Jesus was to come, amen, are you ready for him? You know you've got to live this life every day of your life. Every moment you got to live this life as if Jesus gonna come because Amen, we don't we can't be unexpected. We don't know. I know many people don't believe in that. They believe, Amen, that you know, we have a a life to live and and, and we can get right with Jesus when we get that it don't work that way. It don't work that way. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. God changes his nature. 
Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Amen. We are waiting and we are watching, amen, for Jesus is to come. The bride-to-be, amen, is longing and he's waiting and he's anticipating, amen, the Lord's coming. We are the bride. I wonder are you really anticipating the Lord's coming. For you, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Hebrew 10 and 37. 30, uh, 10 and 37. He's going to come, and he's not going to tell He ain't going to wait on nobody. He ain't going to wait on you to get ready. Your time is to respond to him right now. He done paid the price for you. He already done paid the price. There was nobody, amen, that under heaven, amen, or on earth could pay the price of penalty that Jesus Christ paid for our sin. And when he paid that price for our sin, and when we are changed, he expects for us to live right. Amen. He said, be ye holy, for I am holy, and holy without no man shall see the Lord. Yes, Jesus died and he rose again. Amen. How can you tell whether Jesus rose again? Amen. If you are a true born child of God, you know he rolled in your life. How do you know that? Because there come a change in your life when Jesus comes. There comes a great change for the old things that you used to do. You just don't want to do them anymore. And you don't do them anymore intentionally. Listen, for for this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord. Now, amen, this is by the word of the Lord. God's word can't lie. Put that in your notebook. God's word can't lie. And we say this unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive, and remaining until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Amen. Those that are alive. And that lets you know, amen, somebody's going to be alive when Jesus Christ appears in the air. Some of us going to be alive. All of us not going to, amen, be, uh, uh, be dead. Some of us going to be alive. And if you die now, let me tell you, you won't have to die no more. I'm talking about dying from sin. But we are not going to prevent them that are sleeping because we are alive. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the Lord, not, not, not an angel, but he, gonna, he himself is going to descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel. His voice is going to be like an archangel. And with the trump of God and the dead in Christ. Oh, my God, what a glorious time that we're looking at. The dead in Christ. The arise first. And we that remain, we're going to be caught up together. It's going to be a unity thing. We're going up together. 
to meet the Lord in the air. That's the day that we're looking for. We have this great hope. Amen. The hope of the church. The blessed hope. A purifying hope. A comfort hope. The despair of the lost. The sudden coming of Christ. The judgment of the unsaved. The glory of the saints. Christ glorified in the saints. The resurrection and translation of the saints. The reward of the faithful. We got something to look forward to. But as I'm thinking on this, when we think about all the commotion that is in the land in every nation is going to be involved in this catastrophic thing that's coming on earth, don't forget the rapture. Don't get so caught up in what's going on. And you are not realizing that Jesus done come and taken his saints out of here. That is, amen, what is so important about the rapture. We don't know the hour. We don't know the minute. I don't care how prideful we are, how much we fast, how much we pray. We just don't know. The only consolation, amen, that the Lord Jesus gave to his disciples when he ascended on high after his resurrection, he had rose from the dead. They knew he was alive. There was no doubt in their mind. They saw him and they touched him. Hallelujah. They knew he was alive. It was a promise that when he returned again and received them unto himself, he said, that where I am, that where I am, there ye may be also, John 14 and 3. That's what he's telling us today. When I, whenever when I come and where I am, there ye may be with me also. I'm talking about real sanctified, Holy Ghost, believers. Now, there is a time during the tribulation period that the saints of God will not have to receive the Holy Ghost. It is a time that so much is going on. Jesus said, if you just call upon my name, thou shalt be saved. But we ain't in that time now. We in a dispensational time. That as Peter, Jesus told Peter to tell amen, the Jews and the Gentiles, repent. Every one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The word has to be rightly divided. Jesus is our blessed hope. Thanks to God. Are you ready or are you living to meet Jesus? Yes. That where I am, there you may be also. John 14 and 3, this has been the greatest hope of all Christians since that day until the present time. Where he is, we may be there also. My Lord, 
the word rapture, it is described, amen, as meaning an expression, a manifestation, or escape, a passion. Christ, perfectly, the anticipation with the children of God having when they think about the return of the Lord for his church. What a wonderful thought. Amen. We know we ain't going to be left behind. I know many of you, amen, have seen that movie about being left behind. Those people wasn't happy. They were screaming and scrambling for their life. They was not happy. If you are left behind, you ain't going to be happy. Talking about the coming of Jesus. Thinking about the return of the Lord for his church. It will be a time of unspeakable joy and delight when the trumpet sound and the Lord descend from his descend for his church and the clouds of glory. All is unspeakable. We can't comprehend what is gonna take place. But all we gonna know that Jesus and come for his church. My God, my God. Just put chills over my body right now when I think about for the coming of our Lord and what we are suffering in this world right now and how unfair, amen, things it is in this world. I know one day Jesus is going to come and take us out of this world. That's when they say be in the world, but don't you be of it. That's a whole new method I could get into right now, praise the Lord. Be in it, but don't you be of it. The reason, amen, that God people look forward to the rapture with such excitement is that it represents transformation. It's going to represent change. Change is coming. They're going to be like this all the way. Always, amen, change is coming. Change is coming. From martyr to immortality, we're going to be changed. It'll be no more sorrow. It'll be no more death. You won't have to sleep. You won't have to look for no food. Things is going to change. There won't be no more water bills to be paid, no electricity. Hallelujah. Entering into amen the very presence of Christ who gives us his life that we might be delivered from the sinful world. We live in a sinful world, and I tell you, amen, it is sinful. There's no regard for righteousness, no regard for holiness, no regard for people's holiness. We live in a sinful world. I believe, amen, you can witness that with me. It is simple, and it's getting more simple. That is one of the biggest mistakes, amen, that Adam and Eve made. When they disobeyed God, they brought sin into the world. But it had to be that way. I, I understand it now, amen. It had to be that way. But we are suffering from their sin. 
You know, when you're truly born again, you don't have to sin. You don't have to do wrong because we are in a sinful nature. I know Paul said there is no good thing in my flesh, and there is no good thing in our flesh. One of the greatest mysteries of mankind concerning the condition of a soul after death. Where am I so going to? As I die, there are people got all kinds of theories about their soul. Some people, amen, on earth do not prepare themselves, amen, where they live in, that their soul could go to a better place. Some folks, amen, saying, amen, if I die, I just die, because after I die, that's all to it. No, no, no. After you die, a man's soul does not die. His body dies, but his soul do not die. The question continues to arrive as to whether or not one who dies is alive in another world. Is such a person aware of what is going on the earth. I don't know, praise the Lord, whether they, amen, the dead don't know what the living is done according to Ecclesiastes. But they are in another world. We do not know explicitly how all these conditions are. But the Apostle Paul, amen, did write to the church of Thessalonica that they need not to be ignorant of the fact. And amen, I'll be the seventh chapter of First Chronicles tell us my people they perish. They perish because of knowledge. We are ignorant of God's word because we don't study God's word and let him reveal himself to us. We are ignorant of knowledge. But it says they need not to be ignorant. You don't need to be ignorant of the fact that those who are asleep will live again in the hereafter. Amen. All the beloved saints of God that have died in Christ Jesus, I don't care from Adam, amen, to the last one that right now in righteousness, they're going to live again. They're only sleeping. A saint only sleep. They don't die. They only sleep. That is why, amen, when we celebrate the death of a saint, we can rejoice. They done went to sleep in Jesus. And there is a hereafter. I don't care what man say, it's a hereafter. Whether those who have died are in a conscious state, now in another world, it's not known. But we do know that they will be alive and well when the trump sound and to announce the coming of the Lord for his church. There is no need for us to be ignorant of this. And we have no excuse for not being ready when death overtake us. 
or the Lord return to the church. The Lord has told us we ain't got no excuse. He was appointed unto man to die, and after death comes judgment. We don't have no excuse. Say, I didn't know. Why didn't come before destruction every day? God is warning us. There's another song we used to sing sometime there. Get right, church, and let's go home. You've got to, you've got to get right. And we must be ready. Not get ready, but we must be ready. The Lord is coming for his church. Man, hope of the resurrection, amen, is congested upon his belief that Jesus Christ died and he rose again. Oh, I pray God, amen, you can accept those words, amen. He died and he rose again. That's why the lives hang on the battle of the scales, amen, to know that Jesus died for our sin and he rose again. My God, my God. Paul, go on to let us know. If Christ be not risen, that's the question he's throwing to the people. If Christ be not risen, then our preaching is vain. Oh, we wasting our time, amen, sweating, almost sometimes have a heart attack, saying we're preaching. But if we, if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is vain. I know he don't rose. Thousands and billions of others can testify, amen, that he have risen. He have risen. I know our labor is not in vain. And your faith is also in vain if you don't believe that Jesus is risen from the dead. That is First Corinthians, amen, 15 and 14. The Sadducees of Jesus, amen, they did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. There was, amen, Pharisees in Jesus' days, and we got them here today. We have those Pharisee spirits right here today with us, amen. They don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. So all that we are done to them, amen, is just a waste of time because they don't believe Jesus rose from the dead. And if Jesus, don't, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, our faith is in vain. Why well, get out there, praise the Lord, and go through the form of God as if Jesus didn't rise from the dead? I know he has risen from the dead. Don't have the spirit of those Pharisees, Sadducees. They, they didn't do nothing but bring sorrow and openness to those who sat under the teaching. They, they didn't give them no expectation of life. And it's going to be a better thing on the other side. They, they didn't do nothing but bring sorrow to them. There is a lot of, amen, Pharisees, the Sadducees today is not bringing no hope to the people. They're bringing sorrow to them. Set it to show thy self-approved, being a working one, neither not ashamed to write the right the word of God. Set it the word of God. He said, for in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they that testifies of me. Some amen, amen. Some folks think they got eternal life, but amen, they don't have it. Paul sought it to avail 
this hopelessness by telling us if we can believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, if you can, if you can believe. My God, when when you are really truly born again, you can't help from believing. You go through a transformation, an experience that you just don't, amen, numb again. It ain't just like saying, Lord, forgive me for my sin. You go through something. Things change in your spirit, in your body, and in your soul. My God, my God. Uh, There should be no problem in believing that there will be a greater resurrection. My God, if Jesus rose from the dead, it ought not be no problem, amen, that there should be a greater resurrection. For when the believers rise from the dead, what a day, what a day, what a day that is going to be. Revelation, amen, says, blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death, there is no power. If you are not in the first resurrection, you are not going to rise and be with Jesus Christ. It's a blessing to have part. You are blessed. Because you don't left. We're leaving this over earth. Yeah. We're going to ascend with Jesus. Everywhere he may be, there we should be also. Thank God for, amen, Jesus Christ. What a blessing. Blessed, blessed, blessed. A purified hope. You're going to have a purified hope in your heart. He rose and because we can, at this moment, Feel the presence of Jesus Christ, we all assure of the promise of his return for those who have made themselves ready. Have you made yourself ready? We're talking about, amen, all the wars and the climate has come. Even our president, amen, I would, wasn't expecting him to use the word third war. Amen. From all of my days in childhood, we uh, we think about the third war. Amen. It's going to annihilate. Amen. The entire world. In that sense, he may be right. Amen. We all be in. Amen. The third war. But every man that has this hope in him, he purifies himself, even as he is pure. First John three and three. You're gonna get yourself clean. You're going to get yourself right with the Lord if you have this hope. You ain't going to wait on nobody else. This is an individual affair. War may cause you to come to the Lord, but you're going to get yourself purified. Every person who aspires to follow a certain vacation and spending much time in preparation. Doctors and lawyers and professors and teachers spend many years in training for their particular profession. Scientists, engineering, and machinery, 
also even give themselves to such study and prepare in order to become proficient, amen, in their field. If they do all of that and they dedicate, amen, their lives, amen, they, sometimes their whole life is in studying medicine and studying science and technology and all that, preparing for the earthly job, how much more should we prepare to meet Jesus? Dedication, amen, to a certain test. They do not, amen, stop until they have achieved that goal. Well, my beloved, we all not stop until we have achieved our goal. I don't care how many years it takes us, amen, we should not, amen, stop serving the Lord until we achieve our goal. Many times, amen, after achieving these goals, they continue, amen, to study and research new methods and ideas to keep themselves a brace or charge. They don't stop right there, saying, I got enough because I got my master's or I got my uh, uh, PH or uh, amen or ever what they have behind them. They don't stop there. They want to reach a little bit higher. Listen, you all want to reach a little bit higher. You don't want to stop and say, you know, well, I'm saved. And don't want to try to go any further. There are higher heights and deeper depths in Christ Jesus. You never will reach the limit of knowing who the Lord is. We always want to know more about him. And those scholarly men pursue, uh, they give such time and effort adopting a man to a particular profession, a calling, how much more should the giving ourselves to the preparation for the coming of the Lord? You ought, to, you ought to, amen, you ought to make sure everything is shaken off of you that's not like Jesus. And when you put your time in, you will know, amen, but listen, your life is hid with Christ in God. You don't live on any kind of life. Because your profession depends on a godly and a holy life. Purifying is something that a man does. It don't happen automatically. You've got to work on it. Your life in Christ Jesus, amen, don't happen automatically to be holy, amen. You've got to work on it. It really takes, amen, all of your life to really find out what holiness really is all about. It requires much effort and consecration. How much effort, how much consecration do you put in a day thinking on the goodness of Jesus? How much time do you put in? Heart must be purified. Your heart got to be clean. That's why David said, create in me a clean heart and renew in me a righteous spirit, O Lord, because my heart wasn't clean. Yeah, I knew about you, and I talked of you, but I see it wasn't right. But create in me a clean heart and renew in me a righteous spirit. It is requiring much effort, amen, and consecration. Heart must be purified. Mind, you got amen. Your mind got to be right. Jesus said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. 
the mind of Jesus, amen, was to seek and to save that which was lost. The mind of Jesus was a righteous and a holy and a godly mind. There was no God found in this mouth. There was no corruptible thing, amen, you could find about Jesus. Because he had a mind, amen, to please the one that sent him. Purify. Be clean. You've got to have a clean mind, a clean heart, a righteous mind. Motivation must be brought into harmony. You can't do the thing that you want to do. You've got to be motivated by the Spirit of the Lord and let the Lord lead you, teach you, and tell you what to do with the divine purpose of God, amen, in order. These things have to be done in order. The Bible says, let all things be done in decent and in order. If you are not in order, then you are out of order. Must be brought, amen, in harmony with the divine purpose of God in order for mankind to qualify for the rapture. Amen. You got to, you got to, amen. You got to have a purified hope. My God. It, it ain't easy to say, I'm walking up there with Jesus, and you ain't, you ain't spent no real time with him. You ain't allowed him, amen, to construct your life. Come on, church. God bless you. We're talking about amen again. Amen. We're so uh, 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 reverent to my, my spirit. We're talking about the world is upset, but the rapture could come any minute. Are you ready? Are you ready? If you lay down tonight and the rapture come, are you ready to meet Jesus? That's a question you have to answer for your own self. Amen. I absolutely came in. He he can spend long hours and days condition his body, certainly eating properly and getting sufficient rest in order to be his best. It should not be difficult, therefore, for us to spend hours and days consecrating prayer, fasting, and worshiping in order to condition our heart. Our heart got to be conditioned. And you listen, only way your heart can be conditioned, you with the amen, spend some time with Jesus. You got the amen, fasting and praying. What will we do? What, what do we know about fasting now? We seem like we can put fasting on the back burner. But Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Fasting. Deny yourself. The scripture says, if any man come after me, let him what? First deny himself. And when he did that, and pick up his cross and follow me daily. The rapture is nigh upon us, church. Worshiping God. How do you really worship him? When you get ready to go, stay an hour in the church, you think that's really worshiping God? Thou has come when the true worship shall worship him in spirit and in truth. You ought to worship him, amen, at 24, 7, 24. Worship him in your heart. 
all the hope on the rapture, amen, calls for purifying, cleanliness, sacrifice, and a condition before one can be prepared just as those who feel that the year of preparing for these vacation of life is worth it all, so will the Christians say it was worth it all when we see Jesus. All of my denying, all of my taking part of the world, because everybody else, amen, was gluttering to take part of the world, seeing like they, amen, was having fun, but I denied all of that. When we see Jesus, we're going to say it was worth it all. I wonder if it was worth it all to you right now. Beloved, it is worth it all to me right now, conquering the hope or conquering hope for the Christians. All in the amen of the defense of the resurrection with the words of encouragement. When there was some amen thought, amen, that there was no encouragement, Paul ended, amen, the words of defense with encouragement. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. First Thessalonians 4 and 18. The hope that is residing within the heart of the Christian is a hope containing great comfort. One another with these words. We got a hope. We're not hopeless. But we got a hope knowing that Jesus is soon to come. All that ought to give us some excitement. Amen. To know that Jesus is going to come and take us out of this guilty and evil and disgusting world that we are in right now. Among humanity, it is crazy out there. But our hope is in Jesus Christ. Comfort one another with these words. We have something positive. We have something wonderful to look forward to. Something, amen, to strive and work for, knowing that we will not be disappointed or deceived. There will be no disappointment in heaven. Those words, amen, ought to make you shout tonight. There will be no disappointment in heaven. And we got some people believe, amen, there is no heaven and there is no hell and going around teaching people. They are deceivers, but there will be no disappointment in heaven. If you make it there, God bless you to the Dr. Moore tonight. I just am excited about God's word. Our blessed hope is in Jesus. God bless you till next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.